Welcome to Telegeography Explains the Internet, the show that explores the business behind all of the ways humans stay connected around the world. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and my guest today is Joe DiPaolo, who's Chief Platform Officer at Netscope. Joe comes to Netscope and the security world with a deep background in cloud and networks. So he can frame security challenges from the perspective that I'm really used to talking about on the show from that network side. Most of our conversation was really centered around the central concept of of how geography influences network security. And Joe can use this background in network to help his customers and us listening to this episode understand why location matters when securing your network. So we talk about how the network has changed over the past few years and the impact on the threat landscape and how networks perform more generally. We talk about how enterprises can't just get traffic to the cloud and then forget about it, but that middle mile performance and security have to be a part of that equation. We talk about the lessons learned from the challenges of creating CDNs and how those might be instructive for the modern issues in the WAN. We touch on the process of how Netscope works with customers to understand their infrastructure to ensure adequate security is applied. And finally, as I often like to at the end of the show, I get Joe's take on what it even means to have a WAN in this environment. And I thought he had a particularly interesting comment about that question that I've asked to many guests. Uh, It was a great conversation, and I'm really excited to let you get to the interview. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. Awesome. So, Joe, you know, we always like to start the show out um, by figuring out who you are. So I thought I'll give you a, a brief introduction here on on your background um, and then as well sort of what you do at uh, Netscope. Sure, sure. Thanks. Yeah. So I am a, uh, a large-scale network infrastructure leader. I have been building large-scale uh, cloud CDN uh, ISP infrastructure for 27 years. So mm, wow. at Netscope, mm-hmm. I built and run the, the network platform, which we'll talk about today. But <clears throat> before that, I ran and built the network and edge infrastructure for AWS, for Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I was at um, Level 3 and uh, Limelight Networks and Carrier and CDN. So I've been, for 27 years, we've been cloud and carrier infrastructure for a long time. And so I've, uh, I'm bringing my, my team and my skill set to, to the security space. And I'm excited to share what that means today. Well, I I think that actually cues us up well, even because, uh, you know, we're always trying to think about how do network and security now work together, right? So so your background is is the example of that, basically. Um, So as it happens, I've actually done a telegeography webinar uh, with Netscope before, so um, so there's 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 some background there, but I assume a lot of, of our listeners don't necessarily know what you guys do. Do you mind giving us just a quick rundown of, of what Netscope does? Sure. Yeah, we start off as a top brand um, CASB, so a cloud access security broker, a web security. Netscope provides an industry leading secure access service edge, so SASE solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, we provide all the necessary technology building blocks on the security and networking side, including offering SSE. Security Service Edge and, and our own SD WAN. So at its core, Netscope helps organizations apply zero trust principles to better protect data and defend against cyber threats. By taking advantage of the global coverage, 
Netscope provides optimized access and real-time security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go. It's uh, really the next generation of cloud firewall, cloud security, um, married with uh, with the, with the top platform. Excellent. All right. Yeah, that, that's very helpful. And I think helps me sort of queue up what I want to focus on today, which we're going to start really in looking at kind of the internet as the WAN. So um, folks familiar with, with my work at Telegeography would know that obviously something I've been talking about for a long time is the decline of the MPLS centric network and, and the move towards an internet first kind of hybrid WAN. Everybody knows that trend has been long underway, driven by SD-WAN, driven by especially cloud adoption, I think. Um, but the ramifications of it, of course, are, are where it gets really interesting, right? And and a key to that is how it has changed the security posture, right? So uh, I, I want to start out, Joe, by sort of just um, picking your brain on kind of like when we look at that internet first WAN, particularly the performance in the last mile and the middle mile, is that adequate for sort of enterprise grade network performance? Yeah, it's tough because as um, as the internet has evolved, <clears throat> there has been adaption of different technologies. And so if you go all the way back to the ISP days, mm-hmm. right, you needed middle mile and long haul to move bits between cities and locations. Right. As you added CDN and live events and large media, large files, you needed the ability to do caching and have edge capacity, edge storage, and then cloud service. You need a lot of, um, of density in, in, a, in a small region, right? Whether it's power or, or electrical, and now you have security. And so the underlying internet, the technology, the middle mile, the last mile, um, the underlying infrastructure is, is just not designed to handle what's required to run a security service. It, mm-hmm. It's the, it's the latency, it's the performance, but it's also the security. And it sounds cliche, but it is another evolution. Whereas in the caching space, you, we needed to create new technologies and new offerings to be able to deliver large media live events. And the same thing with cloud, we need huge Metro networks at, at Amazon. We, we laid over a million fiber pairs yeah. in these metro regions and the same things evolving in security. You can't just use yesterday's technologies or yesterday's advancement and you can't just use the internet to deliver a cloud security service. It, it's just not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the internet uh, was was born for a very different purpose than than what enterprises need out of it. And I think you know the 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 changeover from MPLS to the world that that we're in now happened for for good reasons, right? So that that wasn't um, a sort of mistake, but it it does spur all of these uh, you know new things that that we now need to think about. Um, in particular, well, me, yeah, please go ahead. Let me jump in. So yeah. MPLS or VPN, um, it really was, or even SD-WAN, it was designed to overcome underlying infrastructure, either limitations of technology, mm-hmm. capacity, or even cost. Yeah. And so what happens now is, uh, you know, for years, it would be very expensive to, to order fiber or have direct, uh, direct net uh, delivery for enterprises. And so you needed overlays, you needed MPLS, mm-hmm. you needed uh, v- VPN clients. But uh, the evolution of the underlying infrastructure is, is now become more affordable. So you don't need compression, you don't need mm-hmm. QoS as much. And so the, the underlying internet technologies have advanced in the sense of the physical capacities, but the overlays uh, are, are staying in, in, in space. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's where the, the security platform comes in to take use of the underlying infrastructure and, and, and maybe be done with a little of the overlay and 
the complexities and costs that come with overlay infrastructure. Right. So you're saying that, that you know, the bandwidth is there, at least in, in a lot of places, right? So, um, but that uh, throwing bandwidth at the problem in the case of security is not an adequate answer, right? Exactly. Or, or if you have, if you don't have bandwidth and then you're using overlays and then security on top of it. So go one way or the other, add bandwidth and then add the security over the top. But what you're doing is you're having limited connectivity, a single provider or a single path running mm-hmm. a bunch of overlays and then want your security run on top of that. And then right. you're wondering why you're having performance issues. And so you maybe need to strip away some of the complexities because every new technology was taking advantage of their market, but also using limited infrastructure, right? BGP, mm-hmm. TCP, IP, these are all limited based on what you can do. And so everybody cuts corners and tries their best. Well, with security and the platform, you got to strip away a bunch of that, a bunch of that noise uh, and, and, and get back to, to the things that matter, which is, you know, performance reach. Um, and then ultimately that visibility to the users. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of that that general principle of um, subtract subtraction or or streamlining can sometimes um, get you to the to the endpoint faster. And I'm I'm always surprised at how little the enterprise networker knows about their underlying infrastructure. They assume if mm. it's in the cloud, it's good. They assume if they're giving it to an ISP, it's good. Right, mm-hmm. but ISPs struggle with the middle mile. Cloud providers struggle with getting l- low latency to the edge for all their applications, and so you can't just use someone else's infrastructure and assume it's okay. You have to take some form of ownership and understanding of the direct path. And as users are getting further away from corporate offices, traveling again, working remote, working WeWork offices, Starbucks, right? You need to be able to um, secure from anywhere, but with that comes latency because the security products add attacks. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if you have your over, if you have crappy internet, if you have an overlay, if you have a VPN and then you want to put security on top, the user experience is going to be so bad. It won't even matter. Right. Cause you're already soaking up so, so many things yeah. in, into that connection that you have. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. So, so of course, one of the things we think about a lot at telegeography is, is where, all of your telecom infrastructure actually sits and you know we we map um cloud on ramps and, and cloud regions and it's it's surprising honestly joe how, how often we'll talk to people uh you know managing large networks or even working within the industry that just never think about this right because <laughs> there there is still an extent to which um you know the the cloud is just there right you just oh you just you connect to the cloud but of course you know, we're trying to show people that that where that happens and 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 how you connect matters, right? Yeah, the internet is not a utility; it's not managed by anybody. And so, mm-hmm. just drawing that cloud on the whiteboard doesn't mean it's it's something you get to ignore. You have to look at what's under that, you know, under the cloud, whether it's a cloud provider or whether it's a a public cloud like a hyperscaler or whether it's just the internet provider. You can no longer get away with if you want to be truly secure. And you want to have that performance, you no longer can just can just rely on a third party to manage it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And something else that that comes up for us often when we're talking to the enterprise side is just how much um, cultural change there has had to be on the uh, on the enterprise in the last several years, where you know cybersecurity was once kind of a, a domain. 
and then mm-hmm. network. And they, they didn't have to interact that much. They, they learned over the last few years that, that, that they needed to interact more and understand each other a little better. But um, especially you coming from sort of having built all these networks and then to the security side, what's your take on sort of um, the, the enterprise ability to get the, the network team and the security team speaking the same language and understanding each other? Yeah, it's funny. I always just assumed I'd be building in network infrastructure and never have to worry about security. But mm-hmm. overnight, it, uh, it merged. You know, I always joke it's chocolate and peanut butter. You know, you don't think about it, but it is. It does fit together. You they do have, belong together, exactly. They belong together, yeah. and so you know, it's um, the networkers get it right. The 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 enterprise network manager understands the performance and requirements. The security person, the CISO, or the 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 the, the chief security management within an organization understands the the burden, it all comes down to implementation, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to deliver um, an experience to your users that allows them to do their job, okay? With that becomes challenges as you need to integrate and manage different security applications, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A security operator, a security manager would deploy as many solutions as possible to secure the business, the intellectual property, but if it slows down the work, what good is it, right? And right. so that's where the, that's where there's a marriage, right? Where the security person has to determine what applications, what policies, which is very important, but there has to be a mechanism of which it's deployed and which it's implemented that it doesn't affect the business. And so typically you've been able to use a firewall. Everybody, everybody has to backhaul or you're all in the office. The policy's the policy. It didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And then with the remote users, there, there was public cloud and cloud services and now all of a sudden your domain of which you can manage is, is vast and right. you have to have visibility into that network performance, the vehicle, if you will, um, for the security application. And so the teams are having to work together like, like they've never before. Um, and ultimately it, it does all tie together. And so you no longer, uh, whether you're a security operator or a network operator, you no longer can just blame it on someone else or point to the other guy. Right. You have to be able to understand both when you're making these decisions. Yeah, and, and I think very much to your point that at the end of the day, the the network team fields calls from people saying like, "Hey, this isn't working, right?" And you don't you don't want that to be the fault of that it's secure, right? So, right. Well, yeah. What they'll do is they'll turn it off, right? Right. We have we have some solutions in the space where you just bypass. Well, well, that's not a solution, right? And so you call the help desk or the network operator, and it says it's slow when I run this agent or I steer this traffic. And turn off, it stops. Okay, well, then you turn it off. Well, that's not going to work. And so mm-hmm. everybody's one breach away from a lot of bad attention. And so you could bypass, you could play games, but ultimately uh, you get caught You get caught with that. You're going to be in a lot of trouble as a, as a business. And so right. uh, it's just not something you can ignore, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, sort of, I think, key to that um the 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 impact of of latency on performance is is exactly what I was getting at with the uh, the thinking through the sort of geography of all of this right so so I want to f- uh, focus on on that a little bit more and sort of get your take on on for each application understanding what its destination is where it belongs like in in the cloud um, and, and that sort of thing and and I should preface this by saying you know when we talk to enterprises, we do some surveys of them, we see a huge variety of where their data and applications sit, right? So there's still some on-prem. And so you have uh, folks that that are in, you know, branch offices or satellite offices that need to get back to a kind of headquarters office. 
There's some in the public cloud. There's some in the private cloud. When I, when I ask this question, usually most of the, the big multinationals check all of the possible options, right? We have data centers on-prem. We have data centers in public cloud, sometimes bare metal servers. All of this sort of like complexity leading you to, I think, have a lot of confusion about like, one, how do I make sure that that performs well, obviously, as the network team, you know, and, and everyone's getting the applications and data they need. But then two, my security threat perimeter has just expanded sort of exponentially, right? So how do, how do you guys think about helping enterprises through this problem? Yeah, that's a great question. The For the first time, probably in the network operator or the IT department, the the expansion of their of their coverage is out of their control. Right. And so you're going to we're going to have a policy where we allow remote workers. We're going to open an office in China. We're going to make different changes to the way the users interact. And it's up to them to chase the business direction before you opened an office and everything went where it was supposed to go. And you didn't have to worry about it. We're now to your point, the domain of coverage is vast. And so what we find is two things is when they use us and they work with us, they find issues and or users they were unaware of. Um, mm-hmm. and or they um, they didn't realize how bad the experience was. And so let me talk mm-hmm. a little bit about our platform and our approach, which is really focused on comprehensive global coverage. And so right. we run over 100 data centers. Um, we focus very heavily on peering and interconnecting with every cloud service, every ISP. So we don't rely on an internet provider. We don't rely on a public cloud. We want that visibility. We want to see the performance in every region on every corner of the globe. We want to be able to provide and cover that experience. Our platform is designed to provide low latency global coverage, um, not designed to do other things. We don't sell shoes. We don't sell ads. We don't sell <laughs> software, right. right? We focus on just one thing and our every one of our data centers runs full compute so we can hairpin the security application. And so if you're an enterprise and if you're dealing with China or if you're dealing with um, the p- different parts of Asia, Australia, South America. Um, it may be a small portion of your user base, uh, but ultimately it is it is still very important. And and our coverage is we're not trying to be um, provide latency or experience or performance in certain markets. We want global coverage, and mm-hmm. we have several customers, whether it's a a bank or insurance or medical or enterprise um, retail. Uh, we, we have we have thousands of customers that that have users in every market and want that comprehension. But also in markets like Los Angeles or New York City, where there's a lot of density, mm-hmm. there's a lot of backhauling and a lot of congestion, we will demystify that internet. We will clear that cloud for them, and we will make sure that the user path and visibility is such that uh, the experience enables the security application, so that. Um, the user and the workflow doesn't have to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you bring up an interesting point there that there's kind of uh, several scales at which this becomes interesting. One is like the global scale, right? So your your office distribution around the world, you need to be able to get your traffic through the gates that it, that, that it needs to get through and whatnot in, in a reasonable amount of time, whether you have, you know, uh, employees sitting in Australia or, or whatever the case may be. But also on a, on a much more micro geographic scale, right? So you mentioned like Los Angeles and, and New York that then you're dealing with 
different problems. There's a lot of traffic, but then that's where you're also dealing with, okay, well, then I also have like a lot of remote workers on a bunch of random ISPs or somebody who's, uh, you know, the, the road warrior whose device is checking in from a different place around the US all the time or whatever the case may be. So is that, is that something that you help people sort of think through about, about how to attack these problems um, with, with all those different scales of, of, of geographic issues, basically? Yeah, that's exactly right. We started off talking about um, the underlying infrastructure and being able to eliminate the overlay. But what happens if you don't have any control over that infrastructure, if it's a remote user working from home or on the road? And so what we what we do is we focus on the global coverage. We focus on the latency for every ISP, every IP address. And what we do is we, um, almost like an overlay, mm-hmm. um, is we look at all the network paths. We look at the optimal uh, performance. You don't necessarily need your own backbone because then you're limited. It's very expensive. You're limited to the you use lease in someone else's network where what we do is we interconnect with every ISP. We can see the paths of their backbone and we can control and manipulate mm-hmm. the traffic, the latency, find the best path. A lot of times you'd be surprised the, the variability in performance be, between a, an event or um, an outage of some sort. And so we're constantly converging and making those changes because we started this conversation by talking about how the enterprise needs to be more aware of the underlying infrastructure. And part of that can, can be just in your decision-making process of choosing a cloud service that is aware mm-hmm. of that and is purpose-built and focused on building infrastructure for that user experience versus um, other things, right? That's a good point. So you're saying sort of, um, you know, the the where that decision gets made is, is an important part. In other words, like being more aware of your infrastructure and the, and the traffic patterns and all that doesn't mean having the enterprise sitting in a knock and, and understanding right. all of this, right? You know what I mean? But it means understanding how your vendors are taking care of that and, and leaving this sort of visibility into the backbone uh, to someone else, right? <laughs> yeah, let, let me let yeah. me ask you a question. So, if you're gonna if you're buying a cloud service, okay, for, regardless of what it is, and that cloud service is using somebody else for their delivery of their network, mm-hmm. who do you call if something breaks? Right, right, precisely. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so you call the the overlay, the the service on top. Well, they're gonna call someone else. Well, what if you have a user in Chicago that's having a bad experience? Is anybody in that flow gonna be able to make that change for you? Is anybody optimizing that delivery? And when you think about it from that perspective, there's nothing you can do. You're assuming the underlying ISP or the underlying hyperscaler is going to do what's best for you, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not. They run other products. They run other infrastructure on top of that. And so you're just one of many on someone else's network versus a security purpose built that overcomes internet congestion, internet deficiencies. I mean, some of the protocols, man, we've been running for 40 years, right? Right. They're not evolving. And right. so somebody has to kind of overcome that um, and, tie, and tie it together. It's kind of, uh, uh, instead of turtles all the way down, it's trouble tickets all the way down, right? Yeah, it's, it. it's always the network's fault. You know that. It's yeah. always the network's fault. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> who's network? <laughs> that's exactly right. If you can blame someone else, I guess that's what, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, th- no, that's a great point. And, and, and another thing I, I kind of wanted to, to follow up with you on um, in particular that, that relates to that is just thinking through having come from, from the CDN world. And you, you sort of mentioned before that, okay, when, when we were working 
in creating CDNs and caching and had to think through what problems emerged. How do you think that helps you uh, apply these, uh, you know, new security sort of postures um, in thinking about the, the lessons learned from CDNs, if you will, um, to, to the, the SASE kind of SSE world? Yeah, the, the, the similarities are pretty eerie. Um, it's completely different application, but the CDN space, you know, we were in for a very long time was exhausting the capabilities of the providers, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about net neutrality, which we won't right. get into. Yeah. Uh, you talk about, li- you know, live events, you know, streaming to your home and other things. And so the CDN space really stretched the capabilities of providers and came up with, you know, embedded caching solutions like what Netflix has done. Um, uh, but ultimately that they, they were able to adapt to uh, what they needed to um, expand the internet capabilities, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh, whereas in, this, in the same security application space, the security network, the overlay, um, there's that same problem, right? There is the there is no clear underlying thing you plug into and you're going to get what you need to get to. And so just like in the CDN space, just like in the public cloud, you're going to have to adapt and build and change what you're trying to do. Uh, and that's what we're here. We're here pushing that envelope. We're just like in the early CDN days early ISP days, early uh, public cloud, mm-hmm. we're pushing that envelope to uh, overcome underlying deficiencies of the internet. Uh, a lot of misconceptions about capabilities. I get a lot of scratch, you know, customers scratching their heads when I try to explain to them the internet's not not your friend. Um, right, it's something right. that, that you have to evolve from. And that's what we're in now. We're, even though security network, it's natural, we're still really in the early days of being able to to make good use of the underlying internet for security services. There's still a lot of work to be done. And, you know, why, why is that exactly? It's a, a, you sort of mentioned it that, that it's because of the, the structure of, of how the internet was built, what it was built to do, and that the protocols are 40 years old. But what, what are some of the sort of particular struggles, if you will? Uh, it's money. <laughs> so, All right, yeah, yeah. so it, it really is, right? So that was the whole net neutrality. Again, I'll bring that up, but mm-hmm. um, it comes down to the, the ISPs. There are no there are no global ISPs. There are no global right. carriers, right? And so you have to interconnect. Um, whoever sends more has to pay or not pay, right? With settlement free peering and right. all of that, which we won't get into as well, maybe for a future future call. Um, but the 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 ISPs don't make any money in the middle, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and the the cloud providers make all their money in concentrated regions. And so no one has a financial incentive to provide compute and their low latency to the edge. Right. right. So like the CDN space, there was so much demand from end users that it forced ISPs and, and content providers to figure something out. Mm-hmm. And what's happening here is there's so much demand in providing a secure service, but also a, 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 like a, a low latency experience right. that there is this evolution of, of the infrastructure that has to happen because it is... I mean, it's coming hot and heavy. Every customer we have has a different challenge, has a different demand. And the the, the bad guys, they're not slowing down. And because mm-hmm. more things are online and the blast radius is as big as it's ever been, there's a huge demand for, for coverage, for experience, and for the efficacy of a security solution. And so it's as big as the others are, the expansion of the security um, on the Internet is, is, uh, is the same. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, sort of very much to your point, it's been a big part of what I've I've done with my career at Telegeography is looking at, you know, sort of network prices throughout time. And, you know, 
as long as I've been talking to carriers about about their prices, about uh, you know ISPs and backbone providers, or whatever. Uh, oh, you know, you could take me to any point in in the last like you know decade, and they would say at this price per meg, the business will be unsustainable for me. And then you crash <laughs> through that price per meg, right? Race, and then, race to yeah. zero, right? Right, exactly. You know, and, you know, the why are they still there? Because you know demand um, as much as all, you know those supply increases and, and all that sort of keep going demand is 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 never going away right the the enterprise let alone the consumer only ever do more things um, uh, you know that that need all of these services and whatnot but you know you you make a really fair point that um, that the the ISPs the backbone providers are are, are you know they're focusing on having high bandwidth pipes. And there's not a lot more that they really can do with, with what their business model is. You know, The good thing about this versus in public cloud, the public cloud's making all the money. In CDN, the, the content creators is making all the money. Mm-hmm. In the security space, we're just trying to, to secure the, the user experience between the enterprise and their application of choice. Right. And so we're not taking money from either side. If you're selling mm-hmm. a good service, a cl- good cloud service, if you're selling a, a customer database service or a, you know, a billing a software or some component uh, on, on you know, a, a word processing or whatever, if you're selling a good service, we, we can then enable that so it's secure and that it can continue. We're not right. trying to take away from either side. And so there is incentive for the carriers and for the cloud providers to participate. There's incentive for the enterprise. And so this will be a little different. It won't be a race to zero because the value is there, but also everybody gets the their 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 participation in the benefit versus and the other and the other business model. Only one person was making any money. Yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting point, and and certainly something that um, we've been thinking through the last few years as as you move away from, you know, sort of MPLS was there to replace, you know, you know exponential number of private lines between offices and that sort of thing. And as you get away from a, a private network and then a, a sort of virtual private network, as it well, as it were in, in MPLS, um, then, you know, you're doing that because it's going to save you a lot of money, right? Internet is cheaper than MPLS. Why is internet cheaper than MPLS? Well, because there's these other things that you have to think about, right? So I think, right. I think um, you know, one, one of the things I've been doing over the past several years is showing enterprises that like, okay, um, th- you know, th- there is a pretty big delta between this, this all MPLS world and, and the, the internet first world. And that's why it's worth doing. But the, the story over that time has changed a lot from, if you were talking to someone in, you know, from a, from an SD-WAN provider in 2017, 2018, something like, oh, cut your network spend in half. It's like, well, you know, no one really, uh, you know, in, in most circumstances is actually cutting their network spend in half. What you're doing is getting a much larger, more functional network with more bandwidth and lower latencies or whatever for maybe the same price, right? You know what I mean? So I think that's that's what enterprises need to think through is that, okay, so I, I might have these costs. Like, you know, when I had centralized breakouts, um, I had this one firewall there um, and now my, my cost structure might change, but I'm getting this much more uh, performative network at, at, as that's a result. Cool. You know? And there's a simple way to think about it is that if you're paying for something that someone else is paying someone else to deliver, right? You're, you're losing either performance, you're paying more than you should, or it's not secure. And mm-hmm. so ultimately you want to try with your MPLS example, 
cloud security, cloud, whichever it is, right? Cloud is just someone else's computer. You're just paying someone else to pay someone else to offer a part of it. And so if you're an enterprise network, it's to the point now where you need to start stripping out some of these layers. We have several customers that pay one internet provider and that one internet provider is going to lease fiber from someone else by transit from some, you know, peering from someone else. And, and so they're just piecing it together. You lose visibility, you lose control, and ultimately you end up paying a premium. And so it's, again, it sounds cliche, but if you strip away some of this, um, some of the excess layers, you can actually, like you said, save some money and get more because you're not, um, you're not paying other people's margins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so, so uh, Joe, when an enterprise comes to you and they say, okay, you know, here's my situation, right? Here's, here's my network. What, what's your process for sort of understanding? Because I, I think that's one of the, the big issues too, is that from the enterprise side, uh, there's a feeling like, oh, this, this used to be pretty straightforward. I had a firewall in, in my DMZ, right? Um, h- how do you approach this um, issue with, with the enterprise who has maybe adopted SD-WAN, they've gone to a hybrid kind of network, and now they're, they're trying to make sure that they, they, aren't going to end up on the headlines, right? Um, and and uh, have an embarrassing breach or something like that. Um, how, do you, how do you help them work through the complexity of this problem? Sure. Yeah. So, so at Netscope, we offer uh, lots of assessments, right? We offer a Network 360 assessment, which we will, um, before the sales process even starts, we'll do an audit for them. We'll, we'll look at their IP addresses. We'll look at their carrier mix. We'll look at the underlying... P- you know, paths they take and will help them deconstruct that because most customers are not aware of, of three things. It's usually we ask them the same question. How many cloud services do you think you use? Mm-hmm. They always say five to six and it's always hundreds. Right. There's some like, there's some like 2000 cloud services. Mm-hmm. And so then they're at a shock. We ask them about their carrier mix and underlying infrastructure. They know very little. And then we ask about their user dispersion. Where are your users at? And they, again, they know very little. And so what we can do is we can come in there and consolidate those three things. These are all the cloud services you're using. This is where all your users are coming from. This is the topology of your underlying infrastructure. And then you start from there, and then you look at the security applications on top. We have the best DLP service. We have the best threat, efficacy. You know, So our security product is, is second to none, but you got to start at that platform layer. you got to understand what you're dealing with right. and decouple that because... Um, if you start at the top and you start worrying about security efficacy or threat or um, what you're securing, you might miss stuff layers down. We, we can do dedicated IP addresses. We can do customer peering. Um, you know, we can do embedded solutions. So we have so many things we can do on our platform that provide a, uh, a unique experience, but also tear out all those other layers. That makes it so much simpler for, for the network operator and you know, as an enterprise network person, that they, they have, I find that they all have more work than time mm-hmm. and, and, and more things to do than people. And so, you know, maybe use a vendor that can simplify things for you a little bit. Oh, there's no doubt about it. So in, in fact, I'm, I'm in the midst of, of doing interviews for our, our annual WAN manager survey and was just talking to uh, an IT infrastructure manager the other day and, and uh, was saying that they, they have a team of about um, six network engineers um, for a company that has about 180 sites globally. Hundreds of hundreds of links. Good luck trying to manage that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, granted, and and that's the idea. There's there's lots of stuff that that, that they know they they need to outsource or whatever. But I I think also very much to your point is understanding, you know, sort of um, even what network do I have? Who do I get it from? That's that's a 
that's a big challenge, right? You know, and, and, you know, uh, when you ask people about cloud, of course, what they're thinking of primarily is, you know, the, the big five or six, like infrastructure as a service providers, like, oh, you know, cloud, we, we use AWS and Azure and, and maybe a little bit of like Google or whatever the case may be, but, but really cloud is anything delivered over the internet. And that's, that's thousands to talk about shadow IT. There's, there's probably like, you know, hundreds of, of shadow IT kind of cloud subscriptions in any given enterprise that the network. The, the biggest thing we find is that, okay, so you have a handful of cloud services, but what about the instances? Right. What about, are they using a personal instance? Are they using the work? Are they in the wrong department? Are they, are they uploading passwords to a personal file and unaware? <laughs> so a lot of the things we find are just user, um, you know, user error or, or user unaware. And so all of that stuff comes into play when, you know, when you're trying to manage the, this type of service. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's almost more about sort of um, doing an audit uh, th- than it is, um, you know, going straight to a, a technological solution in a sense, right? Right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Joe, this has been really interesting. It's been great to, to get your view on on where all of this is going. Uh, I, I want to now take it to sort of like looking forward and, and kind of what this looks like. like first, just uh, from specifically just kind of the the sassy perspective of like been out a couple of years now, right? Um, everyone knows on the enterprise side that this is something that that we have to look into. How do you think that that market is developing and and our enterprise is sort of catching up with with what uh, they need to understand about about adopting sassy SSE, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And what's happening is because the market is is a growing market, because the demand is there, there are a lot of uh, companies and businesses that are going to enter that market. And so it's going to get very confusing. Exactly. Uh, for the enterprise buyer, there's going to be- A lot be of sassy washing, right? Yeah. A lot of sass, every ISP all of a sudden, every every CDN, every cloud service. And so if, and if you, there are so many acronyms, I don't know how these poor guys keep, keep it straight. <laughs> and so it is yeah. going to be very, very um, confusing. And the other part of it is we talk to so many enterprises and they have so many vendors to manage. And even within a single vendor, they have so many different platforms because these mm-hmm. vendors buy all these technologies and bolt them on top. And so it, it comes down to str- stripping away. Um, you no longer, back in the day, right, you could just hire IBM or Cisco or um, or, a- or AWS and just let them kind of do everything. And in the SASE space, it's going to get so crowded and so confusing that these enterprise, they're going to have to start to simplify and they're going to have to work with vendors that that offer multiple layers network services with security services and mm-hmm. other things. It's something that, you know, we work with customers that 500,000 users across the globe and, and it's something that the challenges they experience are, uh, are adapting. And so we have to, whether it's modify the platform, um, whether it's uh, adjust the security product, you have to be able to evolve and adapt to what the customers are because the threats are changing the underlying landscape of the, the enterprise is changing, and so it is. Uh, if I could, if I could predict where it's going to go, I would, uh, I would not be working, right? But, <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, it is. Yeah. It is going to get real cloudy. Uh, sorry, pardon the pun. Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's, I think that's, that's exactly, that's exactly right from my perspective, certainly is that, um, that, that 
what, like SD-WAN, right? We had to sort of land on what is actually being performed by an SD-WAN service and, and how does how is that different from other services that are out there, right? So um, we, we've been trying to, at, at Telegeography on the uh, sort of analyst side, just even determine kind of like, what are the actual products? So, you know, obviously yeah. CASB, right, is, is is core to that or whatever. But that um, that I think enterprises want to want to just understand, like, um, for for me to say, hey, you know, C, CTO, CIO, we, uh, or CISO for that matter, right? Like, we're 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 on top of this. This is this is what we have. Do you, for for you from your perspective, is there a sort of sine qua non, if you will, like you know that the, uh, like a core of, hey, we're we're making sure that we have this covered with these products, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, we work with, with Gartner, you know, mm-hmm. we love those magic quadrants. There's a lot of feedback and direction there, especially, you know, they talk to hundreds of customers and they gather those requirements. Uh, we have great relationships with our customers and the roadmaps uh, of their necessity. We do have a lot of foresight because of um, anticipation, because we do get to see both sides, right? We get to mm-hmm. see the expansion of the threats and what's happening in that space, but we also get to see the challenges the customers are saying. And so, you know, it's a it's a little bit of a, a hand wavy answer, but we we take input from the analyst, mm-hmm. take input from the customers, and we use our own foresight to determine that direction. And you know, we've been in business for ten years. We have a lot of experience on kind of all three factors. And you tie in our control of our platform and our our um, strength and our security product, and 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 we do anticipate, uh, you know, if you will, where the puck's going to be uh, yeah. for our customers. Yeah. No, no, no. That makes a lot of sense, and 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 particularly in this space, I often joke with with my colleagues who cover like submarine cables. I'm like, oh, you know, submarine cables. Yeah, there's there's new technologies on either end, and you sure. know, you you know, uh, better you know, pick cards and whatnot. But like, sure. the WAN space is, is dizzying in comparison, yeah. right? You know, yeah. So. The, unfortunately, when the in the subsea space, you got to worry about sharks, but right. um, <laughs> but uh, there, there's only so many of those. Where in the WAN space. You know, there's there's different layers of complexity there, um, and I don't know a lot of enterprises that are going to be using submarine cables anytime soon. But mm-hmm. every enterprise needs to use WAN services. Yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly. All right, so then on to my kind of like more philosophical question. I often like to to close out the show when I have a guest like you that that thinks about this kind of stuff often. Is this philosophical question of of what? Is the WAN then right? Though, so so if if ultimately we have a world where enterprises um, are connecting to the internet to get to their workloads that are delivered via the cloud, applications delivered by the cloud, and 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 the security is is an overlay service, is that? A wide area network at all anymore in a certain sense, right? Or, or do we have what 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 a lot of the the um, sort of providers ha- have uh, kind of feared, perhaps to a certain extent over time, and just you know sort of dumb pipes and some software? Right? I got to tell you, man, the 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 WAN is dead or dying. Yeah. Uh, I got to be the land is dead and dying, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. so it's 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 the internet, right? It's the the, the, you know, our, our chocolate peanut butter example, it's just going to be, it's going to be the internet. It's going it, to, the, the WAN is going to drift into the, as close to the user and the network as possible as, uh, right. as it can. The LAN also is going to, so they're all going to blend together. And so mm-hmm. before where you had your, you had your walled off infrastructure and then you had your DMARC and then you had your point to point or your internet, all that's going away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the overlay technologies, the single ISPs, the, 
the, the local networks of, of non-routable addresses, like I, all of that from a transition, all that's mm-hmm. going, RFC 1918, you know, all of that is going away to the point of, of, a, of a blend. And so mm-hmm. you, you need to be able to, to manage users on any, on any source network. You need to be able to run any protocol or security across short or long networks. And so it is the internet and it is, um, it, it's going to evolve to be its, its own new thing because um, it's, uh, it's changing and the users are not stopping. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I have thought that, you know, with Sassy and, and sort of Zero Trust before that, even the, the the whole idea was that I can just be a device, almost more like how consumers have been doing this forever, right? Just at the at the enterprise scale, right? That I'm just I'm I'm just a user on a device and it doesn't matter where that device is or or you know, um as long as I have my credentials, then I I get what I need and I don't really have to be in a network necessarily, yeah. you know? Yeah. Am I in a VPN? Am I in the corporate office? Which Wi-Fi am I logging into? Which firewall am I backhauling to? Am I using an overlay? Like a lot of that is they're trying to, they're trying to hold on to it. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that is just be, like I said, cause the business is determining now where the users are and how they're interfacing with the internet and the applications, the enterprise is losing that control, you know, and mm-hmm. I hate to sound like a commercial, but the platform that we built was an anticipation of, uh, before SSC, before SASE, before any of that was was coined, the platform that we built was designed to to manage and handle a lot of the challenges the enterprise network person uh, has to see going forward. And so I'm I'm excited to see and 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 watch as this grows and to adapt our platform and the user space. I was lucky enough to be early in the fiber days. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to be early CDN. Lucky enough to be early cloud. And so now, you know, maybe the 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 final leg is this security network merging. So I'm excited for the future. Yeah. Yeah. The fourth wave. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah, Joe, this, this has been great fun. Thanks so much for the insights. Um, if listeners want to keep up with with you and uh, what you guys are doing at Netscope, how can they do that? Yeah. Yeah, sure, man. Thanks for the time. Uh, obviously, Netscope.com, you can get our blogs and press releases. We have a trust portal, which talks a little bit more about our infrastructure. You can subscribe to that. So trust.netscope.com. And I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Netscope's on LinkedIn if anybody wants to chat it up. Uh, you know, we're happy to talk about this stuff. So again, man, thanks a lot for the time and the ability to, to kind of, to kind of share with you. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. It was, it was great talking to you. It's, it's, uh, it's always fun when, when somebody can, um, you know, talk the language that I think about all the time. So. Sure, sure. Yeah. There's not yeah. the voices in your head, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cheers. Solid. Thanks for listening. Telegeography Explains the Internet comes from the experts here at Telegeography. It's edited and produced by Jane Miller, and it's hosted by me, Greg Bryan. And I also wrote that theme song you're listening to right now. To learn more about our data, jump over to telegeography.com, and we'll see you on the Internet.